a brand new series that we're calling Faith in Real Time, that we're going to be looking at the strategies for living in this new world. Now, we've kind of been going through a bit of a process, and you may not notice, but uh, I've been noticing, and I see where we've been headed, that we started a few, uh, I think about two months ago, uh, in a series called Discipleship Jazz. And in that series, we looked at how we can grow as disciples, growing to look like Jesus. And then we moved into Made for This. And in our Made for This series, We talked about how that we as followers of Jesus uh, have gifts and passions that we can use to make a difference in our world. And now as we go into faith in real time, we're looking at how we can live out our faith, live out that faith in our world. That as we grow our faith, as we discover our passions, as we discover our gifts, we can live in this world making a difference in in other people's lives. And so if you're online, we're so glad you're here. If you're here in this space, I'm glad you're here as well. And uh, we're going to jump right into this series, which is uh, based on Paul's letter to the Colossian church. I want to challenge you, if you haven't uh, done it before, or if you're looking for something to read, I want to encourage you to read the letter to Colossians. Uh, Paul wrote this while he was in prison. Paul was a missionary and a church planner. And while in prison, he heard about the church uh, uh, the Colossian church uh, in, in the city of Colossae, and he wanted to encourage them and also to offer some teaching. It's only four chapters long, so you can uh, read that book uh, pretty quickly. It's probably about a 10-minute read if you read the whole thing from beginning to end. And the Colossian church was very much like our 21st century church and that they were trying to figure out how to work out how to live within an ever-changing and different culture. See, the church in Colossians was a Gentile church primarily, and the city was on a major trade route. And so they had a unique opportunity to be an influence to the world uh, just because of all those that traveled in and out of the city. And our 21st century church isn't much different. With the global community that we're a part of, if we just reach out to the neighbors and friends who are around us, the impact that we can have in our world is exponential. And so I see this great connection between what Paul shared in the first century connects so well with us in the 21st century. So we're going to be basing this series really on chapter 3 of Colossians. So if a 10-minute read was too long for you, You can just read chapter 3 of Colossians, and it'll take you about three minutes to get through that. All right, but we're going to jump right in. And in Colossians chapter 3, it's going to be at the bottom of the screens, and it says this. Paul writes, he says, since you have been raised to new life in Christ. And we're going to come back to that in a minute. He says, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. He says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. He says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Now, he's not saying, hey, when we all get to heaven... Uh, you know, what a great day that's going to be. That's not what he's saying when he says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. What Paul is saying is, and I have repeated this often, uh, that there are different ways for us to live. Uh, Jesus said it this way. Jesus said that we have a kingdom of heaven and there's also kingdoms of this world. 
and that we can choose which way we're going to live in this world. Paul said that there's different ways to live. There's a heavenly way and an earthly way. Uh, In chapter 3, Paul goes and kind of explains some of that, and he says that the earthly way includes behaviors and, and it includes speech that is destructive to human relationships. And we can see what that earthly way does. We see anger, and we see division, and we see hatred and selfishness. And Paul talks about those things in Colossians, and that how that's the world, that's the earthly world that leads to war, and it leads to harm and fear and even worse. And that's the earthly way to live. And then Paul says that there's this other way to live too, that there's a heavenly way that creates healthy and thriving community. See, there's this earthly way that leads to destruction, and we see it in the news every day, and there's this way of living that only brings harm to our world. But then there's also this other way. There's this heavenly way to live that leads to thriving community, that leads to unity, that leads to love and security and safety and health. And no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, you can be part of this healthy, thriving community. So in this series, we're going to talk about how living the way of heaven leads to life. That this heavenly way of living needs to be lived out. It needs to be uh, proven in a way that we live in this earthly world. That's how we live with others in community. How we live out our faith and how we demonstrate our faith in the life we live with each other. That every day, that each day at work or at home or at school in our neighborhoods, that we can choose to live out either this earthly way or a heavenly way. And that a heavenly way of living is not a choice to withdraw from the world, but it's to be living Jesus's life in the world, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, that we're not called to separate, we're called to move forward and infiltrate, in a sense, this world and live this heavenly way in the earthly world that we live. So Paul talks about all of that in chapters 1, 2, and 3, in a sense, and then he says this in chapter 3, and I want to focus just a next few minutes on this verse. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves. Now, if we stop there, that would be an odd sentence. <laughs> but he says, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Paul jumps right in with these five. He says, clothe yourselves with compassion. You know, that's this idea of a genuine sensitivity for needs of others. And right away, I'm out. Because I already told you, during VBS, there's lots of kids here to learn about Jesus. And I hid my office. Compassion's hard. And in our world, we've become so insensitive to the damage in our world, and we become so insensitive to the distress of others because it goes on and on, and we become desensitized to the brokenness in our world. Compassion's hard, and Paul says we need to clothe ourselves with it. You know, in the ancient world, it was even worse. It was far worse. There was no care for the elderly or the infirmed or the injured. 
if you couldn't produce, you were of no value. And even in Rome, that those who were injured and harm or, or were, were uh, um, uh, infirmed, they would be cast off and thrown out of your families, and it was acceptable to have that kind of behavior. They were put out into the streets because they were of no value. It was first century Christians who demonstrated compassion. And it became a cultural norm for Christian communities. Caring for the sick was a different way to live, a heavenly way to live in an earthly culture that didn't practice that behavior. So Paul says, clothe yourselves with compassion. It will be noteworthy. Then he says, humility. All right, it's going to get harder. Compassion, he says, clothe yourselves with humility. That's neither being puffed up with pride or self-depreciating. It's really the idea of having a true understanding of our position with God. Did you know that humility, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, <laughs> did you know? By the way, uh, humility is also this unknown character quality that before Christianity entered the world. In classical Greek, there is no word for humility. And I would argue that in the 21st century, humility is currently on the endangered species list. Could it become a word lost from our vocabulary? So he says compassion. I skipped over kindness because it's just being kind. And if you're not compassionate, then you're not going to be kind. And then humility. And then he says gentleness. Now, gentleness is not to be confused with weakness. It's Gentleness, I would say, is being angry at the right time and never angry at the wrong time. It's, it's the idea of knowing when to use your strength. And then Paul says, clothe yourselves in compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness. And then he throws out the trump card. Patience. Patience. You know what that is in my definition? Putting up with people who are irritating. That's patience. Now, I'm going to say what all of you may be thinking, or so, all right, let me change that. Maybe what some of you are thinking. I can't do this for a day. I can't clothe myself in compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience because I can't do this for a single day. No way can I do this for, the, for my lifetime. I can't get out of my driveway without messing up. You're telling me at work I'm supposed to practice compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience? That's not possible. Certainly not admirable and surely not encouraged. You can't expect me to do that. Maybe I can do one or two of these things and maybe I could do it on Sunday. But to live out these qualities as a lifestyle is impossible or maybe even career suicide. But good news, Paul, while in prison, while writing this letter thousands of years ago, he knew that you could not do this. He knew that I could not do this. You see, because he told the church, clothe yourselves. Literally, he said, to put on. Literally, he said, be intentional 
about compassion. Be intentional about kindness. Be intentional about humility. Make it your intention to be gentle or to be patient. See, to live out these virtues in our neighborhoods in real life and in real time as representatives of Jesus, it requires an intentional decision to put on these qualities and to try them out in real time. Paul's challenging the church, and he's challenging you and I, he's challenging you as you're watching at home to practice faith in the real world and to practice it, that our work life and our home life and our school life, how we negotiate with customers and how we handle relationships and how we live in our neighbors, uh, with our neighbors, that all of human existence, all of our lives is touched and changed by Jesus. And so he says, clothe yourselves, try it on, see how it fits. He says, live this heavenly way of life. Put, put, uh, you need to put on these attitudes, he says, in a sense, in the same way that you put on clothing. I debated about sharing the story and decided that she's not here, so I'm going to. My uh, oldest daughter, Carissa, is 23. And about 20 years ago, when she was a toddler, she, um, she used to dress as a princess. Did you have a kid like that? And she had, was given a, probably at Halloween, she was given a Disney princess costume. And you know, that's not the highest quality clothing line. Um, but she wore it out quickly and she wore it nearly every single day. And we would try to encourage her to wear, Kelly and I, my wife, we try to encourage her to wear something different. And she would come out of her, you know, we would say, why don't you put on some other clothes? Why don't you put on, you know, some real clothes? And she would come out of her bedroom in this faded, tattered princess gown. And so we were like, all right, around the house, we'll kind of let that go. But she was determined to wear this even when she was going out. And we'd say, why do you want, why don't you put something, I want to dress like a princess. And so it became kind of fun because she also loved going grocery shopping with me. And so we would go to the shop right, right there on Route 73, and she'd wear her princess costume, and she'd walk in front of the cart, and I, people saw her coming because she's a little girl in a princess costume. And it seemed as if they parted ways and smiled at her, and she felt like a princess wearing her princess costume. See, she dressed, she put on, she clothed herself in something that made her feel royal and made her feel unique and made her feel different. And because she put it on, she felt like it. She dressed the part of a princess and she felt like a princess. Mark Twain said, clothes make the man or woman, we could say, because then he said, naked people have little or no influence on society. <laughs> there you go wise words for us. So compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience, and we put on these things. When we try them on, when we take them out for a spin, they may not fit well initially. I think I have a picture that's going to go up in just a moment there. Yeah, there you see. Sometimes it just doesn't fit It's just not right. Sometimes compassion is hanging off our shoulders a little bit. We're just not good at it. Sometimes humility may not fit well around the waist, or maybe patience may intentionally drag off your life. And every one of these attitudes, though, each one of these 
compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience, and even those that we'll look at over the next few weeks, they all have to do with relationships with others. See, because it's easy to put on patience in an empty grocery store. It's easy to be humble when you're alone in your own home or to demonstrate kindness when no one is annoying you. Gentleness, compassion, if there's no people involved, I'm really good to go on those. But you see, our lives are meant to be lived in community with the same people who make it difficult to live life. And this testing ground, or maybe we could say this fitting room, and this mirror is seen best when we're dealing with other people, with the grievances that we have to address, when we're working out relationships with one another. It's like trying on new clothes and asking, how do I look? How does kindness fit on me as I fight with my sibling? Does gentleness work on me with my coworker? Does, am I wearing compassion correctly with my friend? And so it's this challenge to try it on, to give compassion a try, to give gentleness and humility a try, to give these things a try. But I told you we come back to that first verse. Paul says this, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, since you have been raised to new life with Christ. See, Jesus removed all the barriers to this intentional life. While it may seem challenging to put these things on, we know that it's possible because of grace. And this is not a work harder kind of faith. Christianity was never designed to be a work harder kind of faith. It was a faith that says believing that Jesus changes me and Jesus changes my life. And Jesus is going to help me wear this clothing. He's going to help me and help me to practice these things. And as I practice them, I'm going to mess them up. But practicing these things in a community where grace is offered, allows each of us to put these things on, to see how they fit, and to grow into them. Uh, I just finished a small group. It was one of my favorite small groups I've ever been a part of. Uh, it was a group of guys. We would get together, and we would just talk about what we were reading in our Bibles. And it started out like that, but then it turned into uh, this. We started out initially online, and then we moved to in-person. And as we were meeting in this group, what I found was we were not just sharing what we were reading in our Bibles. We were sharing about life. And we were talking about things like how to be better husbands and and how to be better fathers, and how to be better friends. And there were times that we'd laugh at each other. We'd like, did you really say that to your wife? And he's, and, and the guy, yeah, and it was probably me. The words were coming out. And I was like, it was like an other body experience. I'm going, what are you saying? And I couldn't stop myself. It was like that kind of, and we would laugh about that. But then we would share encouraging words to each other and talk about what it's like to to mess things up and to come back and try to do them again. It was as if we were trying things on. Saying, you know what, I'm not, this doesn't fit so well in my life right now. 
how we'd handle work conflict, and we talked about that. And one guy talked about how his son was getting his driver's license and that experience and what that was like. And we talked about living out this faith as trying on faith in real life. See, together as we learn to fit these attitudes that Paul talks about in Colossians, we become, we become more like Jesus and look more like Jesus. And they begin to fit better. And there's changes that we make here or there. And something that has not been part of our wardrobe, we choose to add to it. And, you know, in today's world, sadly, Christianity has been labeled for all the things Christians are against instead of what we are for. I love when there's an occasional news story where there's the idea of someone sharing compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness or patience, and sadly, those just don't sell. And so instead, it's all about what we're against. But our lives as Christ followers can be characterized not by what's absent from our lives, but by what is present. That while it may not be newsworthy, your neighbors will see. While you may think, I am not making any difference in my workspace, I want to challenge you that you likely are. That there are men and women who are watching you at work and they're noticing that you're doing something different. That you handle things differently. That a life that will be different from how your neighbors are and how your coworkers are, how your family members are, is noted. And yet in this community, as we work to do that, we're going to mess up as well. And so then we have people alongside of us who say, you know what? You need to wear patience a little bit differently because it's just not fitting with you right now. So my challenge for you over these next few weeks is will you be open during this season, during this series, excuse me, to consider a few changes or additions to your wardrobe? Trying out a few things that might not fit right now. Because, you know, the clothes make the man or the woman. And that you can dress the part of compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And while you may not feel it, you can learn to wear it and grow into it and become more like Jesus living in a world that doesn't see those qualities as strength, but yet helping each other, asking, hey, how does this fit? How should I do that at work? How would I live like that at home? And influencing the world around us. If you're in this space, would you stand with me for closing prayer? If you're online, we're going to pray together, and I encourage you to Join us as we pray as one community in all these spaces. Let's pray together. And so, God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for those of us that have gathered and are hearing these words. God, that have sung these songs. God, that uh, I pray that all that we've done has been worthy of your worship. That, God, our audience is you and you alone. And, God, as this community of faith Wherever we may be watching this, I pray, God, that we would be challenged to grow more like you. That, God, we, have, we would know that you have set us free, and yet we live in this 
earthly world and choose to follow heavenly values. And God, help us to try them on. God, that we would know that we can dress the part and that we can look like you. And as we grow into faith, as we grow into these attitudes, that God, the world would see the difference in the way we live. That they would remark on the difference. That God, our testimony would be the life that we live. And God, I pray that that would be our prayer. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Have a great day. Have a great day.